0: hi chris felton here thanks for tuning in to my podcast i'm so excited about my new show cultural catalysts where we help you to learn how to live fully alive co-labor with god and change the world you can watch it weekly on my youtube channel or listen to it here hope you enjoy it hi chris felton here with cultural catalysts and we're here to help you learn how to live fully alive how to co-labor with God, and how to change the world and make history his story. And I have, I'm the host, Chris Fallatin, and I have John and Cindy Taylor with us today. This is my first interview I've ever done with you guys, so I'm super (laughs) excited about that. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. And John and Cindy, they oversee all all of our missions, uh, projects, not missions, just projects, but short-term and long-term missions, and um, you guys have quite a story (laughs) Uh, we first time I got to uh Dan Fairley and I interviewed these guys to be to take the place of our former missionary leaders. And we came out of that meeting after the interviewing them, and we we're both like, I said to Dan, I never heard anything like this before. We need to get these people, and so we're super excited to have you. Why don't you tell a little bit of your story? I know you were missionaries for 15 years. Tell us your story,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, um. I was raised in in Spokane, Washington, and and also uh, the hill country of Texas. Wow. Uh, it's kind of where my story began. Uh, Cindy's from the South. Do you want to tell more?
2: Where- I'm from North Carolina. So we have two kids, and they're teenagers now. They both were born in Alaska. Wow! And Alaska really is our home state. We just we have some tight connections there.
1: In so, Anchorage, right? In Anchorage. That's right. Wow! When right. I graduated Anchorage. from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a heart for missions and the nations, but God said, uh, go to Alaska, get some work experience. That's kind of like
0: missions. <laughs> go, to Alaska yeah, like go to Alaska with Alaska. all the other 25 people who are there. <laughs> but I loved
1: it. I, yeah. mean, I don't think I would have ever left had it not been for the call of God. Wow. Uh, but had eight years there working mm-hmm. in uh, corporate uh, sales and marketing. And it was in uh, that eight years that God brought Cindy into my life. And we had four years there together. And you know we're part of a local church, uh, you know ministering. Uh, we were on the the mission committee of this local church, trying to raise, you know, uh, kind of a passion for the world. And as we did that, God began to just burn deeply in our own hearts and and uh, share with us that it's it's about time I'm I'm going to send you. Wow. So, did you actually? There'll be a lot of people watching
0: this who are like, "How do I know if I'm called to the mission field or to anything really? Did you have was it like a a, a vision, a mission of you know some kind of flaming pie experience? <laughs> you were on the ground, the Lord spoke to you through a burning bush. I mean, what what I mean, yeah. you know, the kind of mission where you guys were on the mission field for like 15 years or something, right? That's right. So I um, mean, this wasn't like let's try it out. No. So how did you? come to the place where especially both of you are married so Mm uh you didn't meet on the mission field no No, no, how did you determine where and 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 then I guess I'm interrupting myself but did you have kids when you went on the mission field or did you have your kids while you were on the mission field Mm -hmm. all of that can you talk about that
2: sure well I'll answer that one first we had a baby when we went uh she was 13 months old when we left for overseas so But to back up for me personally, you know, I was raised hearing stories of missionaries who were in the jungle or in Africa or in Asia. And when I was in fourth grade in Sunday school, I heard a story about Amy Carmichael. Oh, yeah. I know who she She is. She was in India for 50 years. She tells how she, as a girl, she really wanted blue eyes. She asked God to change her eyes to To blue from brown and he never did and she got really mad and then when she was an adult she was rescuing children in these hindu temples from uh, slavery she was rescuing them because she could hide and and like sneak in and look like she was an indian woman and then you know she she developed this home for children and in fourth grade i thought That's why God gave me brown eyes, because I had asked him to change mine to blue as well. So I thought, okay, so that's it. When I'm older, I'm going to move to India, and I'm going to rescue children. And I really thought that uh, up until we were married, when God spoke clearly to me about just marrying my sweetheart. And and that was kind of hard in the beginning, because I really wanted to go to... India but he already spoke Russian I thought he was going to Russia He
0: spoke Russian He did <laughs> Okay so <laughs> wait, 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 wait Americans rarely speak Russian <laughs> in, in, any more than Russians speak American so make sure like note make sure you tell that's part of the sure. story sure Keep going sure Well
2: so I just I thought oh he's not going to India so that was part of the deal but for me it just came down to surrender I just, I knew I was to marry him and I just surrendered that love for India and, and then just, yeah, trusted the Lord to show us where we were going to go when it was time to go. But it was deep in my heart to go somewhere where they didn't know the name of Jesus yet from when I was young. Yeah.
0: you didn't want to just be in missions. You wanted to go to unreached people groups where they literally didn't know the name of Jesus.
2: Right. I wanted to go somewhere where no one had been before. You know how Paul says yeah. that. I've made yeah. it my aim to preach where no one has been before. It's I, we wanted to go to a place like that, and simply because they it's t- it's their turn. Wow! You know, it's their turn to hear.
0: John, when you met Cindy, did you know all that?
1: I didn't. Okay. But it didn't matter. I mean, I, I fell in love. Yeah, he, whatever think, she's doing, I'm doing kind yeah, of thing. A few days after I met her, I called my dad. She was 18. I was 19. I called my dad and I said, I found the girl I'm going to marry. Wow. She didn't quite have that revelation. It was a nine while. years before we were married. Oh, them. my so, goodness. So I've got a few years. Now, out. that
0: is a hard to catch woman oh, right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Man, that's fishing in the deep seas right there. <laughs> so what? tell your, your story. Share your story. Well, I think similar to Cindy, it was raised uh with, with parents that just loved Jesus. And I remember from a young age them reading uh missionary biographies. Wow. And uh instead of watching movies. Well, I mean we'd watch <laughs> movies too, but but my mom would just take time to read mission biographies to us. And so there was a there was a value and a you know, just a heritage of, of wow. hey, these are heroes, you know, and, and so um but actually, as a young kid, that wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, early in college, I had an opportunity to go on a short-term mission trip uh, to Ukraine. And I had been studying Russian in college. That was my foreign language that I was studying. Can I ask, I mean, just curious, like, why did you study Russian? Like, why would someone study Russian? Well, actually, in, in high school, I attended a Christian high school, and someone had come... Talked about the persecuted church in Russia and how Russian church leaders yeah. were in in jail, and it was a ministry that was kind of trying to help them. They actually had sentences in uh, Cyrillic, the Russian alphabet, where you could piece together letters, just copying the sentences of encouragement to write to to Russian pastors. Did you ever do that? I did that. Yeah. So I would write, wow. you know, a bunch of these letters. I don't know if any of them ever got to these pastors. <laughs> But it was just a seed, you know, that God put in my heart. So then in college, when there was this opportunity to go to Ukraine, it was a year after the the, uh, Soviet Union crumbled. They were celebrating their one anniversary uh, of freedom, uh, you know, from the Soviet Union. I had an opportunity to go with a campus, you know, student ministry. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a powerful time. We put up the Jesus film on a big screen in the main square of Kiev, and just hundreds, you know, of people come into Christ every day. And was that like, oh, that was in Ukraine. Still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was my first cross-cultural, wow. you know, mission experience. And I just, I felt like I'm, I'm born for this. Yeah. Like, I, I love America. I'm a patriot. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about being in another culture with yeah, other people. John, like, the, crazy like, God's put me together for this. And Were so, you in the Ukrainian city
0: that spoke Russian? There, there is a Ukrainian city. The lar- one large city in Ukraine is actually like a Russian city, right?
1: Yeah, this was Kiev. Kiev. So okay. you know, uh, at that point, you know, just one year after, obviously, the national language oh, is that, that is, true, is Ukrainian, but there's still a lot of Russian influence. Yeah, because you know? they, were, they were in the Soviet Union. So. And actually, you know, Ukrainian is quite similar to Russian. It is. So oh is. wow, yeah, it's
0: amazing. Yeah. So then you guys got married. We got we fast forward a little bit. That's right. And you were working a normal job, yes, in Alaska. Yeah. How long were you guys married before you decided to
1: like go on the missions field? Yeah, it was about four years. Oh wow. And, you know, we were actually we were doing a Bible study together, um, and kind of the same Bible study, but you know, we do it in our in our devotional times with the Lord. And one of the mornings, one of the verses that was part of the study was uh, John chapter 15. And when I read verse 16, uh, you know how it happens, how the the Holy Spirit will highlight, you know, a passage. And I'd read it probably hundreds of times, but I knew he was speaking to me. And and it says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go. And that go just jumped out Mm -hmm. it just you know jumped off the pages of scripture and i felt like you're you're calling us to go you know we've been in a we've been mobilizing others we've been raising the vision of our church for missions um we've been determining where we're going to send our church's funds you know as far as supporting missions but god's now telling us to go he's releasing us and so i went down to to share this with cindy and and actually that same morning, she had had the same passage, the same verse highlighted to her. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, that was really, wow. we felt like, okay, this is it. We're, we're going to prepare to go. And, and so how did, how did it
0: go? Did it, you, <laughs> you, you went on a little short-term mission trip first, or did yeah. you just, how did it go? What did you do from there? I mean, there's a lot of people like, oh, I'd love to go. How do I start? Yeah. So it, it yeah. kind of like, well, first got to have some kind of call
1: in your life. To know God's sent you? Yeah. Did you know where to go? You know, we, we actually, we we took a three-week period just to pray and fast and seek the Lord. And on day 21, uh, we, we had an invitation out of the blue uh, from the leader of a Christian ministry in India, who invited us to come and minister at his Bible school. And... We just, we thought, this is amazing. We've been praying for three weeks. Like out of the blue? Out of the blue. You didn't know the guy? Uh, I had met him 10 years uh, previous. Got it, okay. You know? and, and actually, this was right after 911. Uh, one The previous speaker that was going to hold those you know those meetings had bailed because no one wanted to fly after 911. So he was, you know, he couldn't find anyone to come. So we were, you know, probably. You weren't the first choice. We weren't uh, the first uh, choice, yeah. you know. <laughs> But Cindy, you know, we had done some short-term stuff. We were living in Alaska. We had gone to to Russia, you know, to Far East Russia, doing some short-term teams uh, there. And Cindy, when she heard India, she's like, my prayer. (laughs) You know, this is Mm -hmm. my prayer. Oh, yeah, because of the earlier. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. So that particular year, we did go to Russia in the beginning and then got the invitation to India. And so I thought, see... When you surrender, God ends up giving you what you want, you know, and yeah. and it's going to be India. And then while we were in India, though, he actually directed us from that point north to the Himalayas. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, and how long did you live in the Himalayas?
2: Fifteen years.
0: So that's where you were, 15 years in the Himalayas. That's right. Mm-hmm. Reaching, wow, that is powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, and how, did it go well? Like, was it like Little House on the Prairie kind of dream come <laughs> true kind of stuff, or... Was it hard? Your kids? So your others, your, your son was born there in Emily's?
2: Our son actually is Alaska native.
0: Oh, so he's born 100%, Alaska? 100%.
2: Yeah. So uh, the Lord gave him to us actually when we came home for a wedding. We were only home briefly. Oh, you adopted him? And he gave us. He's adopted. Yes, he's adopted. And, and his story is, is a miracle. Our daughter also, that story is a miracle as well. Uh, but no, so he joined us when he was three and a half.
0: Wow,
1: but you were in the Himalayas already we were yeah we were just back to uh, my sister was getting married so we came back for the wedding a friend in Alaska asked if uh, I wanted to go on a moose hunt I said absolutely you know (laughs) and God had a lot more in mind for that trip he gave us a son wow so
0: So tell us about the Himalayas tell us about the adventures of John and Cindy
1: (laughs) 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 well you know it, it, it was an incredible incredible opportunity I Uh, I just feel like, um, you know, it's one of the greatest privileges of my life to get to to work in this region. God initially called us to work amongst a tribe, uh, kind of a warrior tribe out out in the high Himalayas. Oh, my goodness. And the vast majority of them, you know, have never even heard the name of Jesus. Wow. So... We spent a lot of time just preparing, uh, even in language study, you know, just Did learning. You guys language. learned the language? We learned the language. <laughs> my I'm Russian, still learning English. My, so. my Russian didn't help me at
0: all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet it wouldn't. Um, Man, what is it like taking the gospel to a people group that has never heard the name of Jesus? Like like most of us that are listening to this podcast, right, The we grew up in judeo kind of christian western all cultures mostly right yeah. they, at least they, yeah. they would know who jesus is mm-hmm. right. they probably know the story of adam and eve i mean they may never have read the bible yeah. you know they might, might know the story of david and goliath mm-hmm. but you're you're with people who have no bible that's right whatsoever that's right. it's not in culture it's not in philosophy it's not in history like these people don't know anything about the bible that's right. 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 Maybe you don't even know there is such thing as the Bible, right? That's right. Right. That's so exactly. where do you start? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like that had to be, mm-hmm. it's hard to fathom, like starting from before the Bible.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. right? You start with relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. You start with relationship. You yeah. just build trust and you love. You just, yeah. you start there because they don't know the name of Jesus. They also don't know of a creator God yeah. Who, who would love them and want relationship with them.
0: Would they have any religious persuasion, the people you were working with? Yes,
1: yes. yes. Okay. It, it was really a, a combination of, of Buddhism and the occult.
0: Got it. So all a of kind of mixed together. A lot of
1: shamanism, occultic practice, and, and Buddhism. Wow. And so there definitely you know, was, in fact, they're some of the most religious people in the world.
0: Did you see like a lot of witchcraft and, and demonic stuff happening among the people? We did, yeah. There's okay. A, there's a ton of it. Yeah.
1: In fact, every, you know, every child, when they're born, they're not named by their parents. They're named by the, the, the priests of the religion. Wow. And when they come in, they're, they're actually given this name, which confers identity. And they're also uh, given special amulets. And protective deities. Wow. In, in other words, they're given demons. Exactly. And then they're they're given amulets to ward off the bad demons. But what's an amulet? I don't know what that means. Uh, just just little like special charms. 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 or oh, like a charm. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So so uh, rampant, um, you know, idol worship. I mean, this we we have idols in the West too. Yeah, of course. But but here it's you know it's. Giant statues of idols that people are worshiping, and and um, yeah, occultic, you know, seances, this kind of thing. Uh, lots of supernatural stuff going on in the demonic realm. Yeah. So, so we didn't have to convince these people to believe in the supernatural; they yeah. believed in it. Yeah, uh, actually, you know, our journey, uh, <laughs> you know, we didn't really come from. Uh, a christian background where there was a lot of supernatural happening yeah you
0: guys weren't coming from a charismatic background that's right right. that's right yeah so um that was part of our journey (laughs) so you're like (laughs) i think we better learn something about supernatural because these guys are gonna kick our butts if we don't
1: yeah and actually that was a big part of our journey you know i'm not sure we god would have brought us into the fullness of of holy spirit had it not been for him sending us to this mm-hmm. this place and this unreached people because we just got really desperate. We're yeah, like, God, we we love you. You've called us here. Uh, we're bringing your truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we've got to
0: have your power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you start to see the power of God moving among them? We did.
1: <laughs> wow, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just, uh, yeah, I think it's something that Bill says. You know, I've done ministry without the supernatural I've done it with it and it's a whole lot more fun (laughs) exactly (laughs) when Holy Spirit's moving, you know, when there's power. That's powerful. And, uh, yeah.
2: And it's not just the fun, it's the victory. Mm -hmm. And so I know for me, I actually, I was slammed every day, just, uh, every night, nightmares or hallucinations when I was awake. I mean, I was absolutely slammed. I had, an itty bitty little girl that I was taking care of. I was still trying to learn language and learn how to cook and keep a house, you know, in another culture and all those things. And I couldn't sleep because of the spiritual atmosphere, intense, intense yeah. nightmares every single night for years for our first several years over there.
0: Did that, were you discouraged?
2: Very. Yes, absolutely. And
0: were you I, like, what the heck are we doing here? Kind of discouraged. Well, at at
2: some points, I certainly had points like that, but it was more like, no, I'm going to push through and I'm going to fight, but I didn't know how to fight, but I'm not going to quit because you don't quit. I just, I'm not going to quit. But, um, but then sort of the nutshell was that one night I, I just put our little girl to bed. I went, he was listening to Papa Bill on a YouTube And, and I still, I'm like, who is this American preacher you're listening to all the time, you know? And, (laughs) and, uh, but when I sat down almost right away, he said, some people tell me, you just don't understand my city is so dark. But I tell them that, uh, he said, you are not dark. Like the light in you is not dark. And, and it was, I didn't say that exactly right, but bottom line is Mm -hmm. that Holy Spirit in me gave me revelation where I understood and then that night I had a terrible like a terrible nightmare and I won't go into to all the details of the dream but in it I was I was actually coaching softball because I used to play softball I used to coach and it was my field it was my turf and in the dream these uh, monks from this Buddhist religion they they were actually marching towards me and the main one wanted to kill me and so in the dream, I just said, you know, get away from me in the name of Jesus. I just pointed my finger at him and I said the name of Jesus. And he ran away, absolutely terrified. Wow. And uh, I woke up and I thought, oh, more, more nightmares, you know. But then John said, no, like this sounds like victory. And right away the mm-hmm. Lord gave me Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and all who dwell therein. And then also Ephesians 2, 6, where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So I knew that everything that's under his feet is under my feet. And I didn't have any more nightmares after that point. And we made a big trip out into the Himalayas right after that too, like one or two days later. And I could sleep. I could breathe fully. I didn't have any more nightmares. Wow! So from that point, we realized... We're just taking back his land. Yeah. This isn't, we were agreeing with lies before that yeah. actually this particular part of the world is is the enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we realized, no, yeah. we're we're gonna take this land back because it does all belong to the Lord.
1: You know, mission yeah. experts in, in the past and, and actually some of our favorite missionary heroes called this region Satan's throne room. Wow spiritually, it's, with spiritually it. it's really <laughs> dark and yeah. Yeah, these were our missionary heroes that yeah. said it but the reality is it's not Satan's throne room. the earth is the Lord's and all that's in it. Well, is it spiritually dark because for yeah. millennia people have rejected the gospel yeah. and the church hasn't been able yeah. to, to penetrate it yes it's spiritually dark but, but again that word from Bill your city may be dark your region may be dark mm-hmm.
2: But you're not but you're
1: not and when you walk in you bring the light of the world you're the light of the world and that was that was hugely impactful and and then i think also just uh, encountering holy spirit just having a wow. a real baptism um an anointing from holy spirit upon our lives just equipped us in power and we began to see just powerful healings and miracles you know, at Buddhist temples and holy sites. And wow. I mean, it was just, you know, amazing. Um, people would be going to get their relatives and people they knew that were sick to bring them and just wow. just healing lines. And, uh, so, and so God began to stretch out, you know, his power to demonstrate who he was to these people, which, which opened them up to listen to the message. Which, again, wasn't easy. We were still working on language <laughs> to communicate. Yeah. And then, like you said before, you can't just start and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. You have to go way back to, let, let me tell you who God is. <laughs> exactly. Let me, in he the created, beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Um, you know, we, in the early years, we, we would show some people, you know, the Jesus film. And they were like, oh, that's wonderful. We'll just add them to our list of gods, you know. Because they didn't have they didn't the framework. They, they've got lots of deity figures.
0: Wow, that's crazy. So. Fast forward, we have about five minutes. Yeah. So, you came out of the Himalayas after fifteen years, and, and with the passion, mm. like you have a passion. You got fire in your eyes. <laughs> and what are you doing now? What are you? What are you here for? What you? What you? Mm-hmm. What do you hope to do?
2: I think to tell that story, we need to mention that we left the country we were in not by choice, but we were actually forced out, and we went through a, a month of interrogations and not fun things. Yeah. And our kids, you know, and during that time, were twelve, and our daughter actually turned sweet sixteen during that awful month. Wow. And and so it was intense, mm. and uh, we were. You
0: got sent. You got sent by we the Lord sent. out. <laughs> he closed well, the door. <laughs> exactly. Yes,
2: the door was closed. Slammed, we found yeah. ourselves. On it was a, an
0: intense though, wasn't it? It was. It, I mean, the the interrogation. I've heard the story. Yeah. They'd separate you and interrogate you, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 looking to see yeah. if you were spies or enemies of the people, and so on and so forth. Yes, they for actually sure.
1: they actually declared us a national security threat. Yeah, because of the impact of the gospel,
0: because people were region. turning to Christ. That's right. And government officials were feeling like they were maybe losing power over over their people or something. I I assume, right? Right. That's right. Wow. So you're coming home on the plane. You got to tell that story because you were
1: Mm. both really, really hurt. Yeah. That you had to leave. That's right. So we're on the plane Mm -hmm. leaving. You know, what what we really have adopted is our our country, our people. Yeah. You know, and uh, I looked at Cindy through. We're both just crying, and I said. Babe, if we can't be here, I want to send at least 300 more flaming arrows uh, back into this place. (laughs) That's beautiful.
2: But I was like, can we just cry a little bit? (laughs) Yeah, that's what you said to him, You have to strategize. Yes. He's
1: building a strategy already. Can we just
2: cry for a little bit before you plan your next move? Yeah. So, but.
1: So so, really, you know we we went through just a season of healing. Our, our kids were really struggling, you know, okay. their whole world was turned upside down. Yeah. And, you know all of our friendships. did they get interrogated? No. Fortunately, no. Oh, that's yeah. so good because I've never heard that part of the story. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. They did not. That's good. But still, they didn't know, you know, if mom and dad were going to come home, you know, so yes, they were, they, there was they in prison or trauma. The first time
2: do. they took him, it was about 14 hours, 14 or 15. So then our kids, they were waiting with me while we were waiting to hear news.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Wow, that had to be really scary. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part was just losing their, their friendships, you know, their yeah. their middle teens, and just their whole world has shifted, yeah. and no, you know, no warning. So, mm-hmm. so we had a season of, of just really, you know, kind of healing. Uh, but as we just cried out to the Lord, what do you have for us? You know, we can get back into the marketplace, which, you know, we love marketplace ministry and bringing yeah. God's kingdom into the marketplace. But yeah. we felt like the Lord was saying, no, you're still called to to send flaming arrows, you know, <laughs> into the least reached parts of the earth, and wow. and you know we we thought that that was uh, geographically to get back into the Himalayas into a different country, but continue to to be involved in that area in that yeah. region, and and then uh, somehow y'all got a hold of us, <laughs> yeah, and uh, gave us this opportunity, and so really that's our passion uh, here at Bethel Missions is is to see a fresh. Moravian-like movement of yeah. flaming arrows sent out from the Western church into the least-reached places on the planet. Yeah, you know, I think 40% of the world has never heard the gospel. But 40% of the world has never an heard the gospel. American
0: or a Westerner, that doesn't even feel true, does it? Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know it's true, but it just doesn't feel true right. yeah. that there are people that are living on the planet that you know, I'm not talking about believing the gospel, but have right. never heard. The
1: have gospel, never heard, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's not an issue of they're more valuable to God than than the homeless person on our streets oh, yeah, here. Of course, yeah. the, you know everyone, you know, is the same value to God and needs needs Jesus the yeah. same. Yeah, but it's it's a question of access. These people will not hear the gospel unless someone goes. Whereas you know here in America, yeah. You know, we, we have, I think, 350,000 churches wow. in America. Wow. We could drive for five days in our region, and there wasn't a single Christian church.
0: And, and you know, it, what I love about what you're doing, if I could brag on you a little bit. So you've come and you've taken over all of our missions, or really I call it apostolic missions, because we have this heart to see the world transformed through lots of different avenues, but through this avenue, sending the, the flaming arrows And you've come back and you're, you know, we have a school ministry with thousands of students in it. Mm -hmm. I think we have 3,000 students total in our schools with online, on campus. Mm -hmm. And what's exciting for me, and when when we interviewed you with Dan, when you guys left, I'm like, man, these flaming arrows that these guys have a vision for, they could be our students in our our congregation. We We could put a thousand flaming arrows back into into missions put hundreds of them back in the himalayans and and shift the course of history from history to his story mm-hmm. and uh and so you guys have done such a powerful i mean you've only been on like not a year yet i think right
1: I was, I think, six months yeah six months
0: but already having a big impact with the students and you can imagine that if you're you know they've got many, many stories. Uh, you can imagine hearing these stories, just like you heard that story when you were, in, you know, you were in fourth grade, or mm-hmm. what you were mm-hmm. saying. And our students are hearing these stories, and like, "Man, I want to go. I want to die for something. I want to have something to live for that's worth dying for." Mm-hmm. And I'm so uh, thankful for you guys being on our team. You have already shifted the culture of Bethel School Ministry, and you've already influenced this the our our church locally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and beginning to really influence our church globally, um, would you just pray for, for people who will be watching this that they would have that, whatever that thing is, where, you know, you, when you're in fourth grade and you just have that thing that's been in you with your parents, yeah. told, read, read, you know, read you stories. So many people don't have that. Mm-hmm. Would you just pray for them to have these kind of encounters mm-hmm. and the courage to move
1: Mm-hmm. I would love to. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lord Jesus, right now we just pray for everyone that's listening mm-hmm. uh, to this podcast. And Father, we just pray that you would do what only you can do yes. uh, to touch hearts uh, with your call, with your passion, Lord, for the lost. Uh, I believe that every one of us is called to be a part of the Great Commission. Yes, not all sir. of us are called to go, but, yes. but every one of us is called to, to either go, to send, to mobilize, yeah. uh, to pray, to give. Yes. And, and right now, Father, I pray that in, in every listening heart, you would just begin to stir their heart towards mm-hmm. their role in the Great Commission. Thank you, Lord. It's not about the need. It's about uh, you, Lord Jesus, receiving your reward. Uh, in the hearts and lives of every people on every people group on this planet yes lord so God right now we just uh, we pray you would mark lives we pray you would raise up flaming arrows yes lord uh, from this audience Lord to go out I pray for every church leader that's listening to this Lord mm-hmm. that the churches would be stirred up to prioritize mm-hmm. uh, unreached peoples uh, in their missions that this would really become uh, an area that we again, uh, grab the mantle mm-hmm. of, and we run uh, in, into the world. Yes, Lord. That, that Lord, that uh, it wouldn't just be uh, the impact of hell coming against mm-hmm. the church, that we would actually go to the gates of hell. Yeah. We would go to the gates of hell, and you promise that the gates of hell will not prevail. So, thank Lord, you, Lord, thank you for the, the incredible joy, the incredible mm-hmm. privilege mm-hmm. that you've given to us as your bride to go to the lost. Lord, we want to we wanna leave the 99 mm-hmm. and go after the lost just yes, as you Lord. did. We want to do that with you, and we just invite you uh, mm-hmm. to do that in and through Lord. us. You deserve all the glory, and we mm-hmm. pray this in your precious name, mm-hmm. Jesus. Amen. Amen. John, Cindy, thank you so much. That was Amen. profound. That was thank powerful. Thanks,
0: Thanks for having love us love with you, Chris. We yeah. love you. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvellton.com. Have an awesome day.